Welcome back to Book Talks Podcast. This is Kayla. And Marissa. And this is our first episode of season four. And this week we did Crown of Midnight by Sarah J. Mass. The season just hit us a lot quicker than I thought it would. And we thought we'd have time to read A House of Sky and Breath. And we didn't because it's like an Andrew Page book. So we read this book. But I think it's good that we're going to kick off the season with our favorite author still. This time last year, we were reading Throne of Glass for the first time, which is just really funny listening to our podcast episode again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kaylin um, Caltane. <laughs> listening to the audiobook, yeah, we butchered every possible name. Every name. I mean, I still struggle with Kale's name. Kale? 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 Uh, you, I feel like when I talk to you, I say it wrong again. I know. Like, I say it right, and then you're like, Kale, and then I, I think it's Cole, Cowl? Cowl. Yeah. Cal. Something Cal. like that. Cowl. <laughs> Her name is actually Caltaine, though. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Which I still, in my mind, envision a chip, a Caltaine. They're, what, they're, they're like plantains. plantains. I don't even think Caltaine's an actual chip name, but like, I just think in our head, we like associate with chips. Last episode of Throne of Glass, I said I wanted her to die, and my thoughts on her have changed. My thoughts on her have changed as well. She wasn't a huge player in this book, but she was a sympathetic player. Like, she's a prisoner, and I kind of feel bad for her. Yeah, I feel bad for her too, especially when... Okay, yeah. Oh, spoiler warning again. Let's do this early. (laughs) Spoiler warning, we'll be reading the entire book. So if you have not read this book yet, do not listen further. Read it and then come back. Morning there. We, I, and that counts for the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to talk about a book for like 30 minutes and not give things away. So <laughs> yeah, that's our um, word of advice. But so in the end when like Selena, when it like hits her about the wings and how they were going to like the mountains and she runs downstairs and she's gone and the cloak was there, I... I felt bad. I actually don't remember that. (laughs) (laughs) But same. Same. Totally felt bad for her there. (laughs) I'm pretty sure whenever Alina found out about like all the word marks and everything and the word keys, she ran to Caltain because she thought, I don't know, some like she, she like put stuff together. (laughs) I feel like I even have a hard time saying what's put together in this book. Because it's such a work of art <laughs> that I don't even think I can do it. Like, I think I need to draw a diagram and then yeah. and then like explain it like I'm teaching children. That's how I'm going to have to explain what's going on in this book. Because there's just so much going on. There's a lot going on. And I, as a disclaimer, listened to this on Audible. So I don't think I picked up as much as I should have. So if you say things that I don't remember, I'm just going to nod and smile and pretend like I know what you're talking about. You have to read the rest of the series, not an audiobook, because it's just, it's magic. I know. It's just magic. And that's all I'm, all I'm going to say. As someone who's finished the series and going back and analyzing this book, every little detail has a has a reason. And as Selena, like, realizes things in the book the reader is also putting two and two together and Sarah says the information in a way that's like not like telling the reader but like almost is Mm -hmm. I don't know how to explain it but she just like comes full circle so many times 
in the best way possible. And yeah, it's just magic. So, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed this one. It's so interesting because the last big series I probably read was Harry Potter. I mean, I've read series since then, but not like on a huge scale, like, you know, Harry Potter's amazing. And then you get into this world and it's completely different, but she's bringing it all together. Like she's tying in the fae, she's tying in the magic. I mean, this is a spoiler, but like when Dorian started getting his powers and the king's like anti-magic or he wants it all for himself. And I'm like, oh, Sarah, you would make his son magical. Like, (laughs) I don't know, like the way she just builds the world it's, it's, it's a complete world. It's a world by itself, like just like the Harry Potter world is. So it's just really impressive to me. I think this would be a better Hulu series than Akatar. Mm-hmm. I just think there's just more going on in every chapter, whereas like Akatar's a lot more feelings and a lot more things that it's hard to represent. This could be like Game of Thrones. Yeah, 100%. And that's why I think this should, and I think a lot of people say like this should be a TV series instead. I feel like they can make a whole world like they have with Harry Potter where they built like roller coasters and stuff. Yeah, I agree. I would would go on a Crown of Midnight roller coaster. (laughs) Like, I think we can create a world and it could could be that magical. Yeah, no, I think this would be a much better TV show than Hulu's um, Akatar. I think also just like the casting would be more realistic because a lot of them, especially in the first two books, are are human. Like they're not like these mythical, gorgeous men that are unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. Cal Cal is explained like described as very handsome, but like I feel like he would be like an attainable handsome to cast. I don't know if we talked about this during Throne of Glass, but I envision Cal Cal. Oh my gosh, this guy's name. I envision Cal as like a short man. I don't think we discussed this. <laughs> like Prince Dorian to me is tall and skinny and the type of kind of attractive tall skinny that I'm used to. Cal to me is like this short, stocky, burly man who like would be a good protector, but isn't like conventionally attractive. I don't think that's the case. I do feel like Selena describes him as very like almost like too, too like too pretty for his like own like for what he is that is not how I envision him she always is like oh he's so handsome like he would he would get any girl like kind of things like that so I feel like it's on his vibe his personality definitely suits that he's just like a stick in the mud about like everything he gets so much hate though on social media and I don't like I don't hate him I don't hate him I actually really liked what she did with his character in this book because Okay, without starting any drama, without, this is going to start drama, but my big beef with Akatar was that she took Tamlin, and I didn't feel like she gave us a reason to hate him. I mean, in the one sense, yes, like, we had a reason to hate him when he locked Feyre up, but there wasn't, like, to me, a huge turning point with this. The big thing that makes her not able to love Cal is that his secrets caused Nehemia to die. And it's like, that was so impactful that even if she can forgive him, she can never be the same way with him. Like it's completely changed the course of their relationship. And I loved that there was that change, but also that 
I personally didn't hate him afterwards because it was like, ah, it was a misunderstanding. And he was like, he would have never wanted to endanger Nehemia, but you know, she can never trust him again or love him in that way. He's just so blindly loyal to the crown. He's almost like just ignorant in the way. And he's not like meanfully ignorant. He's just, he doesn't, he doesn't know. Like he's very sheltered. Like he grew up in the castle and his loyalty lies to the king. And I just think he was just didn't know what was going to happen in Nehemia. And yeah, I didn't hate him after that. And even like she kind of did forgive him in the end when mm-hmm. she found out the truth, but she said like she couldn't love him. Mm-hmm. My favorite part actually in this book is when it hits him of like who her real identity is. Yeah. That's that part like gives me kind of chills each time. Like when he's talking to the scribe in the library and he's putting it together. Or does no, it No, it's like the last her? chapter right after she like whispers him on the like right before she goes on the boat. Oh yes. <laughs> and he like runs back to the house like to her room and he's in his room and she's looking he's looking at the royal lineage and he's like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I love that she just whispered that date in his ear and he's like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, like you gotta give me more than that. And he's, you know, he's like, I love you, I love you. And she's just like, May 27th. <laughs> yeah, whenever it hits him who she is, like I'm chills. I like, know one of the most monumental points I think in this book. And I feel like that's why I, I think I can call her Aelin now because that was announced at the end of the book and we're a, we're a spoiler podcast. So <laughs> all the spoils. I think this series is better than Throne. I, mean, I think this series is better than Akatar, hands down. Wow. And you and love Akatar. I love Akatar. I think I think Akatar touched me more emotionally. I do think it had like a little bit more adult themes. Like I don't know. I feel like I definitely was more emotionally impacted from Akatar. But, like, as a series of a whole of how this, like, beautiful series come together, like, it's just a, a work of art. And it's crazy that this is her first series. Like, I she know. wrote this at, what, like, 18? Yeah. Like, it blows my mind every single time. Because, I mean, I'm not that I have tried that hard, but you've tried, like, writing a fantasy series is very oh, difficult. I have written 20,000 words in a book four times and just scratched it all it's impossible to world build like to create a whole world to tie it together to know where things are going and to give each character their own story I don't know how she does it Dorian now has his own character arc with discovering he has magic Kale has his own character arc with how he might have influenced Nehemia's death because he didn't warn Selena so Kale's going through that whole like inner turmoil of like questioning basically his entire life like have I been loyal to the wrong person this entire time and he has this like dilemma like dilemma between like the person he loved is literally his biggest enemy Mm -hmm. if he's loyal to the crown I do love Selena and Kel's romance in this book do you I thought it was just like a it became like it was a very like slow build and I feel like it was built on understandings of each other's like like they knew each other bad and good and mm-hmm. loved each other anyway i mean i'm not upset that it, it ended but i did like it when i was reading it i feel like he was a good first love for her it's funny because one of the things i actually put that i didn't like in this book was their relationship but not because it was a bad relationship or anything but just because they were kind of boring like it was very safe and stable and 
it, like it was a good first love but since I've seen the fan art and since I know there's gonna be someone else I was like ah, it just kind of lacks the passion I'm used to from SJM I don't remember my thoughts whenever Feyre ended up not with Tamlin mm-hmm. but I feel like that was more yeah like it hurt more where like we all have accepted that Cole and, and Selena are not gonna be together and we're like okay great mm-hmm. like they're gonna they're still friends we're gonna we're gonna keep going like we're fine I do think it was like it was definitely boring like they were like kind of the perfect couple they just like got each other but like yeah no it's done with but I didn't mind it like I feel like she needed it at that point in time and I think he needed it at that point in time to like grow a pair and stop just kissing ass to the king like I feel like she helped him open his eyes to like a whole new world Mm-hmm. I did feel bad for Dorian because like his two oh. best friends just went off. They were so they were, like, mean to him. Well, they were just like trying so hard not to like love each other that they were like, I don't know. I feel like they were like trying to hide it. But in the end, they basically were just pushing him away. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, if they would have been honest with him from the start and been like, they just like included him to like hang out. They would have been yeah. fine. I, it kind of upset me after Cole and Cole, Cal cat whatever and selena broke up it upset me how she went to dorian and he was like well why are you here now and instead of being like oh i miss you she was like because i have no one else <laughs> selena. he's fine with it <laughs> he was he was totally fine with that answer but i felt really bad for him <laughs> i get it though like her grief was so bad at that point oh yeah and I think that's also why I love Sarah too like she talks about grief she makes it normal and she like she doesn't sugarcoat it like she doesn't like play it off like she said like Selena got had a bed for days I know and the only reason she got out was because they had to change her bed sheets like literally the only reason was because the maid was like you've got to get out of this bed (laughs) How did the dog go near her? Was like the dog be like, wow, you smell so bad. (laughs) I mean, I do. I feel like that was the reaction, though, anyone would have had. And it was nice. I mean, not nice that it was included, but it wasn't like she was just like, oh, yeah, she's died. Now let's go kick some butt over here. It was like she actually reacted to what had happened. That's my favorite part. (laughs) (laughs) I love when the main character is (laughs) depressed. So usually heroines like Selena, I get annoyed with. Katniss annoys the crap out of me. Okay, I like Katniss, but we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> the girl from Divergent, annoying as hell. Like <laughs> These like badass heroines who like think they're hot shit. Everyone makes fun of. Usually they're annoying as crap, but mm-hmm. Selena's not annoying. Like I want to be her. <laughs> I love her. She is totally badass. And like you said, not in an annoying way. Like, I don't mind being in her, her inner monologue. And usually I, like, I want to get out. <laughs> also, I know this is technically, like, young adult. I think it is young adult. But, like, I don't know. It's just not annoying like young adult. No, I, I've actually been surprised by that. Because we're more used to reading adult fantasy now with not fade to black scenes. And I kept waiting for me to be upset about, oh, like, there's not enough language in this or not enough descriptions of the romance, whatever. And I just don't feel that way. I really feel like an adult can read this and they don't feel like they're missing out on anything. I feel like she's a lot of sexual innuendos in here. <laughs> we love sexual innuendos. I forgot. I forget them now. 
and I'm gonna say one from Eric Vargas heard it and it's not gonna give anything away like he just like looks at his desk and then he like thinks of Selena and you just know what they did in the desk <laughs> <laughs> oh spicy <laughs> like so faded black but you just know that they're spicy behind that so i feel like she does a lot of that mm-hmm. where she like hits at a lot of things like oh like i haven't gotten a- like selena always be like oh yeah we're- i haven't been getting sleep at night but like i don't mind <laughs> <laughs> she says with a smirk <laughs> so were you shocked when archer was the one who really plotted to kill Nehemia. Well, I guess Nehemia kind of tricked Archer to then Archer tricked Nehemia to then kill her. That confused me a little bit. And it confused me. Well, it didn't confuse me, but when, is it Alina? The dead, the dead queen, whatever her name is. When she was telling Selena, she she was saying that Nehemia knew her fate. She she knew she was going to die or something like that. And I was like... You left things so bad with Selena. If you knew you were going to die, why wouldn't you have been like, by the way, we're cool before going off and dying? Maybe she knew she was going to die, but didn't know when exactly. Yeah. Some people are mad about Nehemia's death. That's a controversial, controversial point. But I thought, I mean, it was necessary. It's the catalyst to get Selena to accept her fate and fight for something. It's definitely necessary and definitely a catalyst. It did seem like a bit of emotional manipulation. Oh, that's Sarah J. Matt's at her best. I love this series because she actually kills people. I love when Sarah J. Matt kills people. You know what I'm saying? Like in Agatar, like no one died. And that's so unrealistic. That's true. Uh, who was it in the, in the last battle? Someone dies, but they come back to life. Or Amran, Amrise, but Amran especially. Like, just yeah. kill somebody off, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> Killed literally Feyre's dad, who was in two scenes in the entire series. <laughs> like, Sarah never killed anybody of importance. Where Nehemia had, like, a big, like, she was in a lot of, a lot of the last book. She was in a good bit of this book. And, it, and she had importance. Like, she was someone important to, to Selena. So to kill her was a catalyst. And it, it, like, meant something. And I fully support it. I fully supported it, too. I do wonder how did she keep all her lies straight? Because she was a compulsive liar. Who? <laughs> Nehemia. Weren't they all a bit compulsive liars? <laughs> But she was, like, faking accents left and right. She was faking all these damn stories. She was double-teaming everybody. Like, she would easily switch to this, like, fake broken English accent to, like, Dorian and Kale. And then, like, she would switch to, like, this... Bro- like, I don't know. I just feel like she was playing so many different faces and so many different, so many different people. I was like, how, how do you sleep at night, A? B, how do you keep track of this? Because I just... I think I would just... some like. Day three, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> One of my favorite Nehemia moments was when her and Dorian are talking at like the ball, and he was watching Selena and dance. And she walks up to him and is like, you know, when you're ready, let me know. And as he as she's talking about these like kind of cryptic things, he was like, I must have just gotten used to her accent because suddenly it sounds so much better. <laughs> Because she had like, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I 
like that is so funny that Dorian was like like am I drunk or am I just used to the accent now <laughs> like she like it literally depends on the person who she faked her accent to or what language she spoke and what the whole like archer she's like basically double teaming that side oh, yeah and like she was double teaming so many people and had this like secret initiative to kind of get Selena on her side like it was just like so many different team she was playing that I'm like how did you not like mess it up yeah one of my favorite things about Nehemia's is in the last book is whenever she would she would put the word marks under Selena's bed to protect her and Selena would wash them away every night (laughs) just leave the word marks there they're there to protect you love that whenever Selena is going through all those locked doors why doesn't she just think like oh maybe why there's why are these doors locked you know she's young she has things to learn (laughs) wait the doors were locked though right because like skipping to the end and this is why we feel bad for Caltaine, right the king is using them to create like monsters with the word key with the word key there's three word keys we find there's three word keys and they're not from like this realm i forget i don't know if the history of the word keys was described in this book fully so I'm going to talk very random. So there's three word keys we find out. The king has one of them. He found it in the tomb. And he's using that word key, the power from it, to create monsters, basically. I think he, like, gives out those black rings mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they mentioned. And that, or I don't know how he's using it on Caltaine. But, yeah, whenever Selena finds that man and he's, like, facing a monster, that's when she runs to Caltaine's prison and was like oh my god yeah <laughs> so it, it was locked to keep the monster down there and Selena's like oh let me just open all the locks let's just see what happens it also really made me mad Dorian was there oh yeah <laughs> I mean if Dorian hadn't been there I think the series would be over so that's what I love about all these books same with Harry Potter is like Whenever I'd worry about, like, Harry's life in danger, like, he can't die. There's, like, eight books. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's the kind of, uh, that's usually the heroism that, the heroines I hate when they're just, like, blindly stupid doing things. Yeah, Um, the one thing she did that I really hated was opening the portal to the other world just to talk to Nehemia. Like, I'm sorry, but you don't open portals to other worlds. That's an obvious no. (laughs) God's very like this stupid teenager. <laughs> Nehemia literally came back and is like, um, please don't ever do this again. <laughs> How did you feel about Fleetwood, Fleetwood in that scene? The dog? Yeah, you love dogs. I know. I see that made me fall in love with Cole. Kel. Why can't I say his name now? Um, Kale? No, <laughs> it's not Kale. <laughs> I forget how to say it every time you say it wrong. I like, it, like lose my mind. Like I can only say it when I'm listening to the audiobooks. So I know what's happening. I know. <laughs> cool. I don't think the the word is in that in the hardbacks. I think it's only in the paperbacks. Kale. Mm. Pronunciation of it. Kale. Anyway, um, but when he went after the dog, so. The monster went, so, okay, okay, let's go back to, like, my play-by-play as this was happening because I'm a huge dog person. So, Selena and Dorian run off, and then all of a sudden, Selena starts screaming, Fleetwood! And 
both Kale and the monster looked at the dog and I was like, oh my gosh, no, I can't. I was about to like toss the book. I was like, I can't go through this. I cannot have this monster kill this dog. And then the monster grabbed the dog and went through like the portal or whatever. And I thought I really in my mind and heart and soul believed that Kale was going to take that opportunity to get the heck out of there as any sane, rational, non-dog loving person would do. And instead, he went straight for the monster and the dog. He went right through that portal, no hesitation, because he knew how much Fleetwood meant to Selena. And I was like, dang, I need a man who's going to go through a death portal for my dog. That's when it really showed how much he loved her, despite, Mm -hmm. like, everything. Like, that was, like, so in the end of the book after all their ups and downs. And he still just went after her dog. And then when he, when she went and became Faye, and then he was, like, kind of scared of her. Yeah. Like he wouldn't even touch her after that for a little bit. Yeah. I what did the Faye do that was so bad? I think he was just so scared of like just it. I think it's his ignorance again. Like he just has never been around anything with magical powers before. Mm-hmm. He has only been around with humans and he was around when they literally exterminated all the magic. So he just I think he just thinks magic bad. <laughs> <laughs> See mine. Doesn't that give you, though, very, like, short man, I'm a caveman, magic bad vibe? Because, like, that's all I get from him. <laughs> he definitely gives you, like, broody, broody vibe. I don't think of him as short. I just think of him as, like, a brood, like, like a football player, like, with no brain. But the thing is, he actually is very, like, he, like smart. But, I mean, Dorian's definitely the brains of the operation, and Cal's, Cal's the bronze. But um... Dorian grew on me in this book. I didn't remember not liking him and when I re-listened to our throne of glass podcast I was like well it's not that I don't like Dorian but and it was clear I did not like Dorian and I loved him in this book like not more than Kale because I like they're kind of even to me but I really liked him and I can't believe how hard I was on him in book one. I think he just really liked, you wanted, it was the love triangle and you wanted yeah. her to end up with Cal. And at that point in the book, she was kind of leaning towards Dorian. Yeah. But I think once it was like clear that like him and Selena were going to be just like friends. Mm-hmm. I I liked him a lot. I, I like him growing to his power. Whenever he punched that wall and like all the, like everything shattered, he was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I and I love his book obsession. I love that him and Selena have that in common. Oh, his room is just like piles of books, and mm-hmm. like he has no room for anything. Everyone just like kind of like I love how his room's so messy, and like they, like he's literally the prince, and he's in this little tower full of books, and he won't let people clean it. <laughs> he dresses himself. Like I don't know. I really like Dorian too. I like how he's just not Selena's love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the cover of this book in the. Dirty ink covers. Okay. Okay. The one thing I really hate about my cover, actually, I think it's all these covers, is that Selena is blue. <laughs> Why is Selena blue? What am I missing? I don't even have those covers anymore, actually. Did you throw um, them out? I, they were hideous. I was never going to put them on my book again. <gasps> oh my goodness. With the Akatar ones, I have, like, I have the regular covers, and I have the Dust Jacket covers, because I mm-hmm. am insane. But with Throne of Glass, I only need one set. I have debated getting a paperback, but I want the white paperback, but I don't really love that cover. I kind of hate the cover 
uh, just because she's blue and I don't get it. Like they should really hire the girl who does the nerdy and covers. Uh, looks oh, so good. Person. What did you get the witch, the Bob Baba yellow, yellow legs, yellow tail? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Kind of loved Brings her. <laughs> Brings <laughs> in a whole new level of magic into the series. I know. I, when, when Dorian had gone to see her, I didn't really think too much about her. Like I was just like, oh, a witch, whatever, a prophet whatever whatever she was and then when selena went to see her and it was like i'm gonna eat you i've trapped girls in here before and i was like holy crap what the hell just happened <laughs> you mean my surprise too it's definitely another twist that sarah throws in like a little puzzle piece that you think is going to come resolved in the end it's just like she just throws in these things and these like puzzle pieces and things just like come together Mm-hmm. this book man she's really good at world building <laughs> so originally when i ranked i think i ranked them i actually recorded a video of me ranking the actar and throne of glass books before busy season but i never posted the video <laughs> on youtube and i linked i ranked crown of midnight very low but mm-hmm. re-listening to it i fell in love with it more on libby i had had crown of midnight for ages and I told you at one point that I couldn't get the other ones that they were like months hold and you were like oh it makes sense that you can get the worst book in the series I was like dang is Crown of Midnight that bad but it was good I liked it I don't know why I thought it was the worst one maybe you were in a weird mood when you read it maybe because looking at like now like I like this one a lot I think it's, I, I relate them so much to Harry Potter because it's like the only eight book series that I've really read that has like this just full world. And it kind of reminds me of like Chamber of Secrets. Like it's not my favorite book, Chamber of Secrets, but like I, it's, it's very like monumental. Mm -hmm. I just think I related to that, but I, yeah, it definitely grown me much more reading it the second time around. And a lot of things that like I read the first time that I didn't get make sense now. Mm Mm-hmm. So definitely recommend reading it twice, the whole series. Well, I know I, it's like 800 page books, but. <laughs> well, at least this one's only 400. The last one's a thousand though. Oh, I'm going to need like two full weeks to read that. At that point though, you're going to be so into it that you're like, I need to read it all. I did it like maybe end of July and I read it in a week because I could not put it down. So know how we talked about how this book was like not sexual at all, but like we could not not put it down. Like we were really into it despite Mm -hmm. it being YA. Yeah. I heard that there wasn't a lot of smut in House of Sky and Breath. Wait, really? On the internet. I know. What? No. It kind of. No. It kind (laughs) of has me mad. So. Kind of has me dreading reading this. In the first book they're together at the end of that book so I am expecting steam in book two because they're now together like and I she did an interview right after Akasif and she said that House of Sky and Breath is gonna rival Akasif and Akasif was straight up just porn (laughs) love (laughs) Akasif that the dining room table scene in Akasif big fan big fan just every scene I feel like they banged every (laughs) chapter (laughs) or even oh I don't even know if I can I don't know if it's appropriate to say but there's a scene where it's like by the stairs yeah it's (laughs) such a power move like I loved it 
I want to see some power moves in Houseless Guy and Breath. This is literally just from Instagram, like just people putting little snippets here and there. And I just heard it wasn't as smutty as people expected it to be. That and sucks. I'm upset by it. I'm upset so. by that too. I saw someone who said they weren't a fan of Bryce and Hunt. Like they didn't, they were like, I can't wait for Sarah to introduce the new male love interest because I Hunt is so lame. It's like, what? I love him. I kind of forgot what happened in the book now. I'm excited to read the next one. I just feel like I've been reading a lot of 400-page books. I'm not ready to read an 800-page book yet. Oh, that was the other thing. That was the other thing I was going to say. How can there be little smut in an 800-page book? What are we going to be reading about for 800 pages? (laughs) I don't know. I really don't know what to expect because I feel like we kind of ended, like, not that the book was completely closed, but, like, there was nothing, there was no cliffhangers. I mean, there was some but like like it wasn't and it's it's just what we, what we want after a first book like we always say you can't end a first book on like a big cliffhanger because like right. people aren't invested yet mm-hmm. and that was that but I don't really know where this book's gonna go and if there's no sex I'm a little <laughs> upset boycotting book three if there's no sex in book two just kidding it's Sarah <laughs> Mass. we'll still read it talking about feuds i think jla put like some scene that well know how there was like that okay we might have to cut this part out i think are you talking about like a threesome yeah i think she put it in and everyone hates her for it what but i don't know I, this is just from i was looking on the goodreads like ratings of the fourth book uh-huh. and people were mad <laughs> why were they <laughs> like Wait. i can't believe she did this <laughs> I thought everyone wanted it. Or was I, I the mean, only I one think who wanted people it? People who are like, no. <laughs> I wanted it too. I, I am pro the, th- the vampire threesome. <laughs> I am too. <laughs> it's like my Twilight dreams come to life. <laughs> vampire, vampire, were- werewolf. Like, this is it. This is, this is all I've ever wanted. <laughs> I'm here for it. I will be so happy if she puts it in. But I don't know for sure. I just thought I just saw on Goodreads. Like some people were just mad about it. I was like, oh, I thought we all wanted to be some. <laughs> I the only one who's into reverse harems? No? Or okay. Smut's in now, didn't you know? <laughs> oh no, I I would be really excited. Um, I did see people who keep resurfacing the whole lack of threesome in Akasif. <clears throat> with Cassie I know so I'd be there for I that too who, I think people who are mad speak the loudest so mm-hmm. I think the people who got their threesome are very happy with it and like aren't boasting about it on the goodreads because I feel like we're a little weird be like oh my god thank you so much for including this <laughs> <laughs> it's everything that we wanted <laughs> but I do think the people who didn't want it are going to speak the loudest so maybe that's the case it's funny, so my friend recently got divorced, and she got divorced because, like, it was, like, more of a friendship, and she didn't have much steam in it, so I recommended her a bunch of my smutty books with naked men on the covers, and yeah. we were at brunch with everybody, all my friends, all the guy friends, too, and she was, like, saying how she, like, finds out what she what she wants now, and I go, oh, do my books help? And everyone just died at me. They're like, Kayla, what are you reading? <laughs> oh my gosh um yeah there are some things that we can't share with other people that we read about you know I ousted myself Marissa recently found out about alien porn this year yeah I what did I send you oh you sent me like a list 
Yeah, you sent me a list of several of the good ones, apparently. But recently, I also discovered um, gnome porn. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> Just got to stick here. Back to Crown of Midnight. Crown of Midnight. That's right. That's what we're here for. Um, a young, a young adult novel. <laughs> I do think for a young adult novel, it has a lot of sexual innuendos, though. It has an appropriate amount. I mean, I remember what high school was like. Basically, all your jokes were sexual innuendos, I feel like. You're right. You're right. Think of the Hunger Games. Like, Hunger Games, they never hinted at sex once. No. No. The first time you even realized someone had sex was when there was a baby at the end. And you were like, oh, <laughs> oh where'd that come from? They hatched it. Um, <laughs> it depends, I guess, on the young adult. Because I was thinking of Red Queen and she, mm. she hints it like once but again it's very like above the collar long yeah. longing glances and hand brushes you know I'm into that to a point but at some point that's why I like this one she like hinted that they were just banging left and right <laughs> but she didn't tell us she hinted at it so yeah. I'm a fan so who's your favorite character of the whole book the king no just kidding <laughs> I mean I feel like Selena's an obvious answer but if I'm doing non-Selena I would say Dorian Dorian stole the show for me he, I felt bad for him when his two best friends were getting it on behind him his back and, um, and he was going through some things discovering his magical powers and had no one to talk to about it so I love me a little bit of Dorian yeah I think Dorian he's he's a cutie like i'd date him yeah i like him i also feel like he has like secret muscles like he he likes sword fights yeah i try to talk jen into taking sword fighting with me and she said we can play tennis instead those are not the same <laughs> not, i know not even close <laughs> i mean i know sword hiding sword fighting would be a little harder too but i don't know it seems more badass but yeah, Dorian, Dorian's my favorite besides Selena as well. Yeah. I like Mort. I thought Mort was going to be a bad guy. because <laughs> An evil doorknob? <laughs> <laughs> he just, he seemed, too, made those. he seemed too friendly. And also I think Mort in Spanish or Portuguese means death. And so I was like, mm, is she trying to tell us something here? But Mort was just like a cool doorknob that talked. <laughs> Well, I mean, it'd be really hard if we had doorknob and be mean. No one would come near you. <laughs> you gotta be nice. If you That's want people true. to come back because you can't move. That's true. Um, I, no, I did like Mort too. He was up there. Yeah, I give this book a 4.5 out of 5. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I probably give it the same, honestly. I, I will leave some room for the series to grow. Get a 5-star rating by the end, hopefully. So 4.5 out of 5. I really liked it. I, I want to go back and reread it physically probably at some point just to make sure I picked up on everything, but it's a good book. Thanks for listening. This is Kayla and Marissa and have a good night. And make sure to tune in next week for another episode and make sure to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Book Talks Podcast and check out our new YouTube channel at Book Talks Podcast. Have a good day.